I'm getting bored, man. You want to come over and play G.I. Joe's? I would love to. No! Come on. You know what? Screw you, man. Ricky, man, you got to cross over the anger bridge and come back to the friendship shore. Episode 59. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted, the only podcast that's 100% organic. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. Hello, fellow wasters. This is Frank A. Rincon of A Half Hour Wasted. This is our interview show for Staple, the Independent Media Expo out of Austin, Texas. Uh, I went down back in early March. Brad was unable to go due to family commitments, but I did go with a friend of mine, Mark, which you'll hear at the top of the program once the interviews start. I got to meet some great people, saw some interesting writers, some interesting comic books, and it was like a really big... Artist Alley. Um, these are people who are very passionate about what they do. It's definitely about the art and not so much about the money. Uh, I got to meet some forum members there. I got to meet Jay Evan, uh, Russell, who goes by Heroes Mask, Kyle, known as Captain Sequential, 80s Junkie, and Dennis Pooh, and John Mayo, who has his own podcast called The Comic Book Page. Anyway, it was great meeting those people in person, had a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoy listening to these interviews. Take care. Hi, this is Frank A. Rincon with A Half Hour Wasted, and I'm here with Mark. Mark, say hey. Hey. Mark is joining me on our road road trip to Austin to uh, see Staple, the uh, convention um, for independent writers and and, uh, uh, artists. And Neil Diamond just came on. All right. Everybody knows one. All right. Song, song, blue, everybody grows one. Aw. Me and you are subject to the blues now and then. All right, we'll see you guys later. I'm here with Chris Staros with Top Chef. How are you doing? Doing great, man. All right, great. So here we are at Staples. So tell me what you got, what you brought out today from Top Chef. Well, you know, we're excited to be out here in Austin. It's a really great, growing community of independent creators out here. And of course, Austin's a great city, so if you have an excuse to come out to Austin, it's always <laughs> fun. And then with Austin Books out here, which is like one of the greatest stores in the country, and it's just, you know, the kind of the core store for Texas, it's just great to be, see Brad and all the guys out here as well. But we brought our full line out, and we're just having fun, you know, celebrating comics with the comedian. Now, tell you, uh, Top Shelf has a great line. They do unusual stuff. Not unusual stuff, but um, not run-of-the-mill stuff. Uh, what are some of your best sellers here at Cons? Well, I mean, you know, we're kind of most uh, known for books like Blankets and Owly for the kids stuff, and then Lost Girls are from Hell, the Alan Moore line of things we do, but we've also got a lot of really great emerging talent that maybe people aren't that familiar with, like the books of Jeff Lemire, um, the Essex County Trilogy, Tales from the Farm, Ghost Stories, which anybody who touches just falls in love with, and he's just 
just a real growing town. And Matt Kent with Super Spy and the stuff he's doing. And of course, um, that sci-fi book we did called The Surrogates, which is now going. Uh, uh, Disney and Touchstone are starting to film in April, starring Bruce Willis, which is going to be a really big budget sci-fi film. That's added a lot of profile to that book as well. So yeah, we've published about 200 graphic novels over the last 10 years, and you know, just doing all kinds of stuff we think is quality material. Uh, how do you decide, um, you know, what you guys publish? What do you look for? Because there, there's a definitely a, a distinct style to what Top Shelf puts out. You know, every publisher has a sort of a house style. Sometimes it's a little bit indefinable, but but you know when you see it kind of thing. And in Top Shelf's case, it is the intersection of Brett's and my taste. You know, the things that we like together, we do. The things that we like separately, we don't do, you know. and But the things we do tend to have a very unique art styles, sometimes be a little cartoony, and also have a lot of heart and subtext, you know. They're things that we, we like stories that make, that linger in your mind after they're done, and are generally kind of life-affirming in a certain way, you know, even if they're a little melancholy here or there, and uh, so that's kind of the stuff we look for, and generally, we spend a lot of time with our creators in editorial capacity, too, to make sure the stories are right before we put them out, so we, we like to think we're aligned that offers a, a higher percentage of, I like that, I like that, I like that kind of thing, and that's yeah. what we're striving for anyway. Uh, what's your hidden gem you got here today? Something that you really want people to know about? Well, I guess, you know, those, those Lemire books are what I'm really uh, hoping people will check out today, uh, Jeff Lemire stuff, because I'm, I'm really proud of that. And the third one comes out this October, and I, I just read the finished book last week. It's like it's a perfect conclusion to it. I, I think it's just a real uh, warm series that people should try try out. And it's, it's by Jeff Lemire. What's the title again? Um, Essex County is the name of the series, though more commonly people know the books by their, their subtitles, which is Tales from the Farm. Ghost stories, and the third one's called The Country Nurse. You know. What's your website? It's www.topshelfcomics.com. Great. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. Hi, I'm here with uh, Colleen Venerable. Did I get that right? Uh, close. Venerable. But I like Venerable because it makes me sound like I'm like more you know, important. <laughs> now, you, now, you do a webcomic, right? I do, yeah. Sure. Called Fluff in Brooklyn. Fluff in Brooklyn. Now, I'm looking at it, and it's bound with 45 records. Kind of, It's kind of hard to describe via audio, but uh, basically, you got some some rings in there holding together the comic, right? I basically uh, took a heat gun and melted records and took a paper cutter and sliced them so they had like a short edge uh, and then I bound them into books because I kind of have a thing with like handmade books so I'm here mostly to buy other people's handmade books that I am to sell my own but hopefully these will pay for what I'm about to buy today. So, Well they're very unusual, like they're very collectible they are amazing. So tell me tell me about your webcomic. It's a webcomic, right? It is. Um, actually it's a Fumetti comic, photo comic and it's kind of interesting because I do it with about 50 of my friends and it's in New York it's Fluff in Brooklyn and um, we basically will take normal people and inanimate objects and we'll bring them into public places and have like a woman on a date with a microscope or something and we'll take pictures from far away and like half of the comic is looking at the background people who have no idea what the hell is going on um, so it's I've been doing it since like 2004 so it's been really fun and Marianne who's next to me and doing all the work while I do this interview <laughs> Hi Marianne Hi how are you? Good yeah, She's been in the comic and a ton of my friends have and it's kind of cool because like people that would never be involved in comics get to be involved with comics with this, so it's fun. Now, is it is it a labor of love? Or are you trying to you trying to make it big? It's totally a labor of love. <laughs> like it's kind of pathetic how long they take, um, and I never really want to make money. Like if I do the math of how much time it took to make every single one of these books, like I'm basically making worse than sweatshop wages, <laughs> um, which is cool. 
I guess. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's really all about just hand-making things and trying to make something crafty and different, so. Now, is this, uh, now do you do anything else, like a graphic designer or something like that? I actually work in children's publishing, and I do do design of some kids' books, and um, I screen print shirts. All the shirts on the table are mine, too. So I'm just kind of obsessed with crafty things. Like, my friends all make fun of me because we had a knitting group, but it wound up being a craft group because everybody would knit, and I'd be like, I'm going to etch glass, and I'm like, I'm going to build a table, and they're like, you're building a table in our knitting group. I'm like, it's uneven, but it's a table. So. You have totally just derailed the knitting group, apparently. <laughs> I know, I have. I'm like, knitting, you have to count and stuff. Like, a table doesn't need to be level. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you, were, you, you were totally a, an artist, a, a flighty artist, you know. It's like, i got to create no matter what. Yeah, it's just fun. I mean, this kind of stuff is like, if I'm not doing this, I'm not happy. And, like, it's never about the money. And, like, if someone asked me to, like, publish it for real, I'd probably be like, really? Like, are you sure? Like, have you read it? <laughs> like, honestly, it doesn't make sense. Well, that, uh, now, Colleen, what's your website? It's fluffinbrooklyn.com. They'll put it in our show notes, and I appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. you. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm here with Evil Twin Comics, Ryan. Dunlady. And Fred. Van Lenty. And nice to meet you guys. Yeah, you too. Nice to see you. Ditto. <laughs> so, um, so, Comic Book Comics just came out, like, last week, right? Today. Actually, Today. It actually, it premiered here at Staple 08. You can't even get it in stores yet. It won't actually come out in stores until March 5th. Oh, okay. That is awesome. Super special. Okay. Convention debut. Well, so, tell, tell me about Comic Book Comics. Well, it's the history of comics as a comic, uh, and we start from the invention of the Yellow Kid in 1896, and we're going to go all the way through the rise of web comics and graphic novels to present day. And is it an ongoing series? It is as ongoing as it takes us to tell the whole story. If you put a gun to my head right now, I'd say it takes about five or six issues, but uh, we said that about our last series, Action Philosophers, which tells the uh, lives and thoughts of history's A-list brain trust in a hip and humorous comic book fashion. We said that was going to be five issues, but that ended up being not. Yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be four. It was supposed to be four, and then it's, it was, oh, we'll do five, oh, we'll do ten. I don't know, we did nine, so it worked out. So how do you guys work? So who does what Who does what for uh, for Evil Twin? Well, I'm Ryan, I'm the ri- I'm the artist, and uh, Fred's the writer. Fred does most of the research as well. He does, I would say 95% of the research. And we are co-janitors. And we're also, yes, uh, we also do everything else, like, you know, <laughs> bookkeeping, shipping books, all the other Founders, owners, and sole employees. Yeah. Wow, there you go. Where, where's your offices? Where are you, where are you guys from? Brooklyn, New York, where the weak are killed and eaten. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite bands, uh, They Might Be Giants, is from, from Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're big fans of theirs as well. Yeah. They're actually going to be in Dallas, kind of off topic here, but they're going to be in Dallas on the 4th. Uh, and I want to go to them, but... I just started a new job. I can't go to their show and then go in oh. to my new job, you know, blurry-eyed. But anyway. That's one of the joys of going to a concert, though. It's like, you know, just trying to, you know, half the adventure is trying to get through work the next day. <laughs> I, just, I hope nobody knows I'm hungover. Okay, so tell me about action philosophers, because I, I, I always hear people just mention this out of the blue. Action philosophers, you got to pick it up. So tell me about it. Um, we do. It's They're all factual stories. We like to say, tell people all the, all the philosophy is real, all the jokes are fake, and and um, we just take um, what Fred said before, history's A-list brain trust, some of the best philosophers, best-known philosophers, Plato, Nietzsche, what have you, um, and break down their, their theories and also in the framework of their lives. But 
we tell as many jokes as we can along the way and just sort of make it easily digestible. We think of it more of like a primer to these to these philosophers and what they're rather than a catch-all um, retelling of their lives. And we also make fun of them mercilessly. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how much more comprehensible existentialism is if you add fart jokes. <laughs> That's great. So you have comic book comics right now. What else do you guys have coming in the future? Um, right now, we're I mean, for our, us as a company, we're concentrating on comic book comics and just, you know, sort of racing towards the finish line. There's a lot of ground to cover. We only got up till, to about the 40s um, with the first issue, and uh, a lot more happened after that with World War II. And Fred has a lot of projects, though, with, through, he also writes for Marvel Comics. And yep. He can tell you. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, what are you doing for Marvel? Well, right now with uh, Greg Pack, I'm co-writing The Incredible Hercules, and that's a lot of fun. That's a great book. Uh, I do a lot of work with Power Pack, so we're starting uh, Power Pack Day One, which is their sort of origin miniseries, begins in March. Uh, and I'm doing a Wolverine book, Wolverine First Class, which comes out and starts in March as well. Well, great, guys. Now, what's, uh, what's your website? Our website is www.eviltwincomics.com, and if you're interested in either action philosophers or comic book comics, you can go to eviltwincomics.com and read free stories from comic comics number one, from we've actually had, uh, there's actually a brand new comic book comic story in the Staple 08 program. By the time we come back from Texas, that story will be up online as well, and you can also read free issues from action philosophers too. Guys, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. And I'm here talking to Josh. I want to make sure I get this right. Josh Iserick. That's correct. I got it. I really? Yeah, you got it. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, anyone but Virginia. Looks like you do a body of work, but we're going to talk about anyone but Virginia. So tell me about the story. All right, well, I pitch it as Gross Point Blank meets Astro City, uh, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite comics, but that's kind of like the two-second pitch. Uh, It's about a girl, Virginia Patterson, who sort of serendipitously is also the real name of Patsy Cline or something. I didn't know that when I was writing the book. But I just thought it sounded like a cool name for a character. Um, she was her senior class president in high school, and after she graduated, she sort of fell out of touch with all of her friends, and she entered, as in most comic books, a secret government program, and she became a superheroine. Um, she, so, and in doing so, she lost touch with all of her friends and family. Ten years later, one of her friends mysteriously tracks her down, the class president, and says, "Hey, we have to plan our high school reunion." So none of her friends know that she's like this public servant. So she has to. So she's having problems at work, anyways. So they send her back home, plan her high school reunion, where she's going to reconnect with her family, her old friends, her younger bratty sisters, all grown up. Um, there's sort of like some behind-the-scenes intrigue going on with the agency she works at. So there is some action. It's not just a bunch of people like sitting around drinking coffee talking about high school. Uh, that's the pitch. There's three mini comics right now. Uh, it's drawn by a good friend of mine, Zach Crockett. Uh, you can check out his website. He's on DeviantArt at Cluedog, C-L-U-E-D-O-G dot DeviantArt.com He's a brilliant, brilliant cartoonist. He was mentored by Frank Stack, who does who did American Splendor uh, Oh, really? Wow! With uh, Harvey Picard. Um, and he was just a great find. I met him when I was in grad school at the University of Missouri. And uh, he's hard at work on number four right now. And once all five are out, we're going to collect them all and have a whole book. Fantastic! Okay, so when do you anticipate that happening because you said you have three out right now right yeah i'm hoping the fifth one will be out uh, i'm sorry the fourth one will be out uh late spring and then the fifth one will hopefully be out at i'm hoping keep my fingers crossed next year's staple all right way to go well i wish you luck sounds like a great concept and uh you have some other titles here class of 99 Okay, Class of 99. Um, this is a book, uh, it was 
the first full-length comic book I did, um, it was inspired, it's to be the lamest pitch ever, it was inspired by a real story in Time Magazine. It's historical fiction, <laughs> but there's a huge twist at the end, so I don't want to give anything away. It's essentially, it's a conversation between two friends on their prom night, 1999, when their dates go to the bathroom, and they sort of look back and look ahead. Um, and there's the twist, as you can see, which I don't want to spoil to your readers. Yeah, don't, please um, don't. <laughs> um, Newsarama.com gave it four stars, and uh, it received the Ignats for Outstanding Day debut at the Small Press Expo in 2006. Fantastic. Thank you. And it's it, this is available for free on my website, so you can read it there for free. Okay, well, let's... And what is your website? My website is joshiserick.com. That's J-O-S-H-E-I-S-E-R-I-K-E.com. You can see all of Class of 99, some of my other comics. Anyone But Virginia is not up there yet, but we will be starting that probably later this year, putting up a couple pages a day, a week or something. I also have my writings. Uh, when I don't draw comics, I'm a full-time reporter, and I do pop culture in a weekly uh, music column. So all that's up on joshiserick.com. Great. We'll put that in our show notes. Josh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot. I appreciate talking to you. Hey, everybody. It's Brad. It's 12.30 in the morning, and I'm eating Zinger. I'm not in this episode, but I thought you might want to hear my voice anyway. Zingers are really good midnight 30. You should try it sometime. Check you next week. And I'm here talking to Kit Lively. Kit, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, you're a cartoonist. You've done work for Mad and Crack, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, Nash Lampoon. Okay, so what are you currently working on now? Uh, right now, I'm continuing to, to send stuff to Mad, trying to trying to keep up with that. Um, I'm also working um, on a project with another Nash Lampoon guy uh, for his website, uh, which is uh, superawesomewow.com, and it's like a spoof of slasher movies, Friday 13th type things um, and uh, besides that I'm just kind of keeping you know sending cartoons out I'm uh, I'm trying to get my collection of uh, single panels published it's uh, called Damn It I Swallowed Another One and I've just got that out at publishers uh, trying to get it published so just you know a little bit of this a little bit of that well let's focus a little bit on you said mad right right uh, mad, just, just once oh just once so what did you do for them uh, I did a single panel uh, for their uh, Fundalini section that they titled Kit and Run and it was just a single panel uh, gag that I wrote in Dirt Foil. Okay, and you've also done work for Crack too? I was actually, I was a, a writer on Crack for um, for three or four years, uh, like in the late 90s, early early 2000s. I, I was a, uh, mostly a writer for them. So what brings you to Staple? Uh, it's, it's, this is my third year here. I really like it. It's always a fun show. Um, I've, always, I've noticed in my experience with shows that humor is not like a great seller at comic book conventions. Uh, I like going because it's a way for me to get out and hang out with other creators and, and friends of mine. So I tend to pick shows where I'm, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a way to hang out and mingle and you know get to meet people that otherwise I'm just emailing or talking to on the phone. More of a social thing. And if I sell a few books, you know that's great too. But uh, you know, work, coming to shows, I'm not not going to be you know paying my bills. You know, it's just something a, a way to get out and socialize with other creators more more than anything. So who are you digging right now? Who you uh, who do you like? 
Um, I think probably my favorite all-time cartoonist is uh, Sergio Aragonis from from Mad, Dan Collins, and uh, George Trossley. Um, so that's one of the reasons it's such a thrill to be in the same pages with them. You know, guys I admire and grew up on. Uh, I like a lot of the stuff Johnny Ryan is doing. There's a lot of a lot of guys I can't think of right now, but there's there's a lot of good stuff. Like Shannon Wheeler, I've always liked his stuff. Too much Coffee Man. A lot of guys I'm probably forgetting. So you've worked on National Lampoon. What have you done for them? Um, I have uh, contributed to two of their books. They've got a publishing division. I've, I contributed cartoons to uh, uh, Not Fit for Print and uh, Favorite Cartoons of the 21st Century. And uh, for a number of years, I was a staff cartoonist for their uh, for their website, thenationallampoon.com. Great. Well, Kit, I want to thank you so much. And what's your website? Uh, it's uh, just uh, kitlively.com. Fantastic. Okay, it'll be in our show notes, and thanks for your time. Excellent. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I'm here talking to Bucky. Bucky, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are we doing? Pretty good. Okay, Bucky, so tell me about what, what brings you to Staple. Uh, I'm real excited to be here at Staple. Uh, I love comics, and uh, I'm here just to promote some of the stories from the Bible, and uh, it's pretty much what my artwork's about. Okay, great. So you get a lot of your inspiration from the Bible. Uh, how are you trying to tell the story? Uh, kind of through uh, artwork that people can understand, kind of slightly cartoon, slightly real. The, the first story that I've told is Matthew uh, 4, 1 through 10, where uh, Jesus meets with the devil in the desert. And uh, it's a pretty amazing story, and uh, it was just real exciting to draw, and I hope people enjoy it. Um, so why use the medium of comics to, to, uh, to tell this story? Well, uh, I love comics comic books. I've been reading comics for about 10 years. Uh, some of my favorite artists are like Frank Frazetta, Wally Wood. You know, it goes on and on. And so uh, when I got saved about four years ago, uh, I fell in love with the Bible. And so to fall in love with the Bible and to be able to do artwork for God, I mean, it's, it's my true love. It's God and artwork. And so I love comics and I love Jesus. And it's, a, it's so cool to see the stories of the Bible, uh, you know, told through comic book artwork because I love comics. Well, fantastic. Now, Bucky, what's your website? Uh, TheBucky.net. Fantastic. Okay, we'll put that in our show notes, and thanks a lot for your time, man. Hey, thank you. And I'm speaking to Diana Sprinkle. Diana, how are you? I'm doing okay. Okay, great. Now, you are an artist, and you have several titles here that you work on. Can you tell us about some of them? All right. Well, uh, the main title we have is Psycho and Lavender. Um, it's, a, it's a comic about two shopkeepers who run a magic store, and one of them is evil. And they're trying to keep their magic shop open in the face of, you know, giant monster battles and alien abductions and Satan visiting. Yeah, it sounds like your typical fair, your everyday fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, uh, Where did you get the inspiration for it? Um, it, they're actually old high school characters that used to be really boring. But they were the villains of the story I had back then, so they became their own thing. Uh, only they're sort of the heroes now. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk a little bit about your style. Um, where do you gather imp- inspiration from? Well, um, I used to be very heavily uh, influenced by a bunch of American stuff. And then I found mostly uh, comics, like mainstream stuff like Marvel and DC. And I used to read the Starline when I was very, very young, and Archie. And then I found manga uh, when I was about 12 or 15, and I got really heavily influenced by that. And then I went into independent comics and read a whole bunch of those, so my style is kind of all over the place. I tend to be fairly anime-influenced, at least on the inking, so I can't really escape it. 
which is fine. I like it. And do you work digitally? Um, I tend to do most of my stuff by hand. I really enjoy inking, but uh, I also tend to color and do all of my stuff digitally now. And like when I go to actually make the comic, I have to scan everything in to put the word balloons and stuff on. So in the end, everything becomes digital. So tell you what, as, as an independent creator, what are some of the struggles that you have to deal with to put out a book? Well, when I was putting a, a bunch of these books out in around 2000, mostly the struggle would be that you never got paid. And that was pretty hard. I mean, you could get things published, but you just would they just wouldn't sell at a high enough rate for you to really see money back on them. You could make money selling them at conventions and selling them on your website, but it's a hard road and it was a, a struggle to make money for the printing costs that you would have to put out. Um, nowadays, with the internet, you have less of an overhead, so it's more about getting exposure, and that's really tough. You know, even with the internet not having to pay for the print run, you still have to deal with the fact that it's the internet and it's gigantic. So you kind of get washed under and you just got to keep your spirits up for the most part and, you know, keep struggling to make the comics and put them out there and hope, you know, people find them, which sometimes doesn't happen. I don't tend to be that, like, uh, one of the reasons I feel like I don't get much uh, attention is I just don't tend to be that that hardcore on promoting my stuff, unfortunately. So I just tend to hope that people find it and it's apparently really hard for people to do that. So you really have to, like, I think the best thing to do is to lay aside a little bit of money if you're going to do a webcomic and go ahead and advertise on various places, other webcomics, other stuff, because people, it's really hard for them to locate it. Even if you're on a server, uh, like Cyclone Lavender's on Webcomic Nation, even though we're on that server, there's so many other comics on it that it's really hard for people to come and find it, even though we're on a server that specializes in webcomics. So having a little bit of money set aside to do ad revenue stuff and to get people to come to your site is probably the best way to do it. Well, so uh, where can we find your um, your strip? Uh, Cycle and Lavender is on Webcomic Nations under, uh, I believe our thing is webcomicnations.com slash GC and slash it'll take you to all of the various comics. We've got uh, Cycle and Lavender, we've got a short comic called Handle with Care, and a short comic called Green Hollow, and then uh, the comic that I have been working on called My Muse, which is all about not making comics. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, too. And here I'm talking with David Hopkins again. David, how are you? Doing good. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. So what brings you to Staple? Well, this is my fourth time at Staple. I'm kind of addicted to this show. It's been a really good show for me for all four years, and uh, this year is no different. There's a real passion here, you can tell. I mean, there's guys who, it looks like they just Xerox their, uh, their books this morning. <laughs> exactly. And I think even for the people who come to this show, uh, there's a difference between those kind of fans that are looking for something that they've seen before and then those who are looking for something they haven't seen before. And most of the Austin people are looking for something new. There's a little bit more arts and crafts, a few more prints and some original art. And so I, it's one of those shows definitely where I think you can bring your girlfriend to and <laughs> something that they would enjoy as well. You know what? Now that you say that, there are a lot more girls at this show, I think, than I've seen at any other, other con I've been to. Well, girls rule the indie comics scene. The guys just haven't realized it yet. Well, that's awesome. Well, okay, so you have a binder here with not only preview pages of Ask Non Dead 2, but another project that's coming up. Can you tell us about it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is called Bolivar. It's uh, written by me, and it's uh, art by Diana Nock, who is up in Minnesota. Bolivar is a fantasy story, kind of consistent with things like Pan's Labyrinth or Spirited Away, Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, these kids are living during World War 
too. Um, their brothers have gone off to war, and they are the ones that have been left behind. It's loosely based off of uh, my own grandfather, who was one of 13 children. Eight of them served in the war. Uh, but I take the story of my family, and I add sort of a fantasy twist to it. Great. And right now you're still looking for a publisher? Still looking for a publisher, but I feel really confident about this book. We've got the first chapter done. Uh, it really is, uh, I think, the best thing that I've ever written. And Diana's art, she is a talent that's just waiting to kind of break out. So I think it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of who and what kind of deal we can set up with the publishers that we're looking at right now. Fantastic. Well, David, thanks for your time. And what's your website? It's uh, www.antiherocomics.com. And you have the cool courier font on it. That's what I love about it. I know. I, I'm kind of addicted to that courier font. I'm even using it here on the booth. <laughs> it looks great. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you. And I'm here with forum members uh, Jay Evan and uh, Dennis Pooh, 80s junkie, but you haven't been on the forum in a while, have you? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> but that's because you got this little guy. What's your boy's name? Alex. Alex. Hey, Alex, how are you? He's not, not going to say a whole lot. <laughs> and you're with Mo- and Jay Evan. You're with your uh, with your bride. I'm sorry. My wife, Dana. Dana. Hi, Dana. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So why are we all at Staples? Uh, this is uh, one of the uh, important com- comic conventions that that is in Austin. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, I was here last year, and I wanted to come back. How about you? What brings you here, Jay? Well, I mean, as far as I know, this is the only real um, independent comic convention. Uh, in this region, so I mean, I don't know. There might be something in Houston that I, but I'm not gonna go to Houston anyway. So, yeah, I know. I, be, well, being from Dallas and you're just north of Dallas, you know, this is just like a three-hour drive for us. And this, this is home for you, right? Yeah, we live here in Austin, two years. So anyway, it's been a lot of fun. There's only really two big rooms. I mean, there's probably about maybe a hundred exhibitors here, maybe. But anyway, yeah, so far it's 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 a lot of fun. You know, it's it's small though. It's really small, and it's definitely about it's definitely about the art of comics here, and uh, you know, coming up with, with very original stories. Have you seen anything that caught your eye? What do you got in your hand? Oh, uh, I got a couple prints. I got a Christian Donaldson print from a supermarket. Where, where is he? Is he here? He's right next to Brian Wood. What? Yeah, yeah. He may not have been there when you were... He wasn't there. I love that guy. He is awesome. I got one of his uh, pages last year. Uh, uh, Christian Donaldson. He, I love his stuff. I did not know he was here. Yep. Oh, well, I got to go talk to him. the page that, uh, that, he, uh, that he did for, um, uh, for DMZ. Oh, really? And, and then I wanted uh, Brian Wood to sign it, too. Oh, cool, cool. Well, he, they're both very approachable, very cool. Um, you know, I guess I should go out and hustle and try to get some more interviews, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you got, well, you got the action philosophers guys. That's that's probably the the biggest one, at least and, in my book. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. I talked to Top Shelf and and uh, the guys yeah, at Top those Shelf. Those are cool guys. Those are cool guys too. Those books, man, they're so awesome. I, I love action philosophers. It's just like the, I mean, being having done like you know critical theory and stuff, or like a, as a literature major, it's it's all. 
very interesting to me. But and the comic book comics is really cool too. Their new one. I pre-ordered that, so uh, I'm on a I'm on a budget, so I got to wait for that one to come in. But it looks good. It looks like a lot of fun. And they did a newsprint too. Yep, yep. They they had a uh, preview of it in the Indie Spinner Rack Anthology. That uh, I also got them to sign. Actually, <laughs> I actually brought a couple things for you and uh, and Brad. I don't. Have you ever seen these? Yeah, yeah. Where'd you score those? I mean, but where'd you score them? Uh, it's Target. Oh my gosh, those are for us. Yeah, this is a little known place called Target. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Brad's gonna love this, and I should describe it to everyone. It's old school Batman mobile from the TV series uh, from Hot Wheels, and it's awesome. Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, you're welcome. I really appreciate. Shit, look at that. You're jealous. You're a little jealous, aren't you, Jay? I'm a little bit green. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're mine. So, yeah. And now, you know, I'm not going to get Brad his. That's because I'm a jerk. No, I'll give it to him. <laughs> oh, you know, he's not here. You <laughs> can just edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, guys. Well, hey, take care. We'll see you around on the floor, okay? All right, bye, guys.